Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Steve Pressfield. He is a screenwriter and author, and I think if we went back, he'd tell you uh, some other stories of other professions that he's had as well. But uh, certainly uh, listeners will recognize uh, probably what is his most famous title, The Legend of Bagger Vance. Uh, Obviously, there was the movie by the same uh, title, uh, but uh, we are going to talk about one of his new works today called Do the Work. Um, It is another Seth uh, Godin Domino Project uh, book, and I am very excited to have him on today. So, Steve, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Well, as I said, we're going to talk about do the work, but I'm going to give you um, I'm going to give you one little opportunity, and this is sort of self interest um, for you to tell me a little bit. I know you've got another uh, nonfiction book coming out, uh, The Profession, um, and next month I think. You want to tell us? Start off by just telling us a little about that because I think it. You referenced uh, it. You referenced that work and do the work. I think a couple of times, and so it might be really a good way to start. Okay, I'll, I'll go very light on that, John, because it's really sort of not too entrepreneurial or small businessy. It's a novel. It's yeah. a uh, kind of a Tom Clancy type of novel, a military thriller set about a generation into the future when um, mercenary armies do the work that uh, uh, regular conventional armies do now. Yeah. yeah. So. That's that's the profession. Well, I bring it up because I know you do mention it. It it had its own brand of um, resistance that you had to overcome. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. so 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 let's uh, let's dive right into that. I think the subtitle of "Do the Work" is "Overcome Resistance and Get Out of Your Own Way." So, what the heck is? I mean, I think everybody has a little concept of what resistance is, but I think you give it. Uh, in my mind, you give it a whole new status. Well. Um... The main book, as we were just talking before we started on the podcast here, that uh, people might have heard me from on, heard about me for on this subject is called The War of Art, right. which came out about ten years ago and um, keeps selling more copies every year. And it really was written uh, from a writer's point of view about uh, the famous fear that writers always have of facing the blank page yeah. and how writers will procrastinate and do anything rather than doing the work. And, and uh, the the force, the negative force that keeps us from doing the work we know we ought to do, I kind of gave the name Resistance with a capital R, because that's what I called it to myself when I thought about it. And to my surprise, when the book got out there, um, it, it, it made a big dent in um, entrepreneurs as well as artists. I thought it would be, you know, writers and musicians would understand it, but I didn't realize that small business owners would were facing the same sort of... Uh, thing where they knew they had to make cold calls or they knew they had to do whatever uh, to, to, to advance their business, but there was a force of resistance that made them procrastinate or made them put things off or told them that uh, they weren't good enough to do it or weren't smart enough to do it or couldn't go up against bigger companies or blah, blah, blah. And so that's what resistance is in my definition with a capital R. It's the, that negative force that keeps us from doing what we know we ought to do. Yeah, I think a lot of small business owners face, I mean, a lot of times they get into something that is their craft, maybe. Um, and what they uh, clearly you know, come face-to-face with is there's 10 other things they have to do, eight of which they don't have any idea how to do, maybe. And, and I think that that's, that's where that resistance comes in, in many ways, like the sort of lack of confidence that a writer might have. Right, or I think I, it's probably about putting yourself out there, isn't it? It's yeah. Yeah. more about... 
I mean, one of the classic things I know is, like, say, painters, artists, will almost invariably underprice their work. Sure. You know, they'll paint something, they'll spend like three months on it, and then they'll say, well, it's worth a hundred bucks, you know, and you can't, you know, it, it's a real professional breakthrough, I think, when a painter, let's say, uh, finally acquires the, the knack or the, you know, the, the gall to, to really put a big price tag on what they do. So, I'm sure that's that's that relates to getting your stuff out there and kind of standing behind what what you do and do well. Yeah, and I and I think it whether we're talking about a painter or a painter or a plumber. I mean, I think that uh, right, same uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think there's a little bit of a hey, I'm selling my a personal expression of who I am, um, and that's kind of that's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean. One of the concepts, it's not really in do the work, but it's in the war of art, is um, the idea of turning pro mm -hmm. um, that, yeah. as, a, as a means of overcoming resistance, which is really about a sort of an attitude shift. And in the terms of, let's say, a plumber or any, anyone that's in a small business, I think when, when we over-identify personally with our craft, and we, you know, it becomes us. Then it's it's hard to price our wares appropriately, and it can be really hard to to um, promote ourselves because it seems like it's uh, egomania. You know why? You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Whereas a, a professional attitude—that's an amateur attitude. The right. first one, a professional attitude. One sort of separates himself from the craft, and then it's almost like a, you're a third party. And you can blow your own horn or tell people how good your service is and not be embarrassed by that. It's a, I'm sure that that's, it certainly is in, in my business. I mean, a writer is an entrepreneur because a writer is alone, you know, doing his own thing with nobody promoting him. But learning to be able to do that is a big breakthrough, I think, in, 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 a, in an artist's life and an entrepreneur's life, too. Yeah, and, and, and I think that... You, when you gain that skill, and I, I, I suspect it's a life <laughs> work, when you gain that skill of sort of disconnecting yeah. yourself from the work, um, things get a lot easier. I, I, I have uh, been fortunate enough to, to, uh, to write a couple books, and I still to this day know that you know on Amazon I, I gloat over my five-star reviews, and, and you get that one-star one review from you know clearly a... Uh, mentally deranged person and it drives you nuts, right? <laughs> you, you obsess over that one yeah. bad review. <laughs> so, well, there's uh, a phenomenon. Somebody should write something about that. It's such a classic that like a comedians, I know will yeah. say that they'll be up there and everybody in the club is laughing hysterically. And there's one guy in the back right. that's unmoved and it like ruins the whole show for the comedian. <laughs> I don't know why that's true, but it is. Yeah. Um, you, you, we've been talking about this resistance thing. Um, let's, let's sort of paint a picture of, of how it shows up. I mean, who it shows up in. One, one of my favorites is, uh, it's our family and friends, isn't it? Yes. Well, that's a, that's kind of a deep one and gets into a little dark area, but it's <laughs> certainly true yeah. that a lot of times we will have a group of friends who have, or a family and we've made and all of us make a kind of an unconscious, unspoken pact to remain to remain mired in the same mediocrity that we're in right now. You know, slackers hanging together in a bar is probably the, the classic example, but there are a lot of people that are 
you know, succeeding at a kind of a medium level and their buddies are succeeding at a medium level. And then if one of those people sort of bites the bullet and decides to really go for it or really, you know, commit themselves, they'll, it almost happens invariably that the others will try to drag them down, yeah. will try to sabotage them. And will happen, it'll happen in a family too, where, it, you know, if one person decides to go for their own excellence, the others will start to say, uh, hey, man, you've changed. You know, what's the problem? You're not the way you kind of guy you used to be. You know, they'll make, and um, it's, it's kind of a, and it's not that people are bad people. It's that each individual is dealing with their own resistance yep. unconsciously. They're not aware of it to their own stuff that they know they ought to do. So when you start to do something good, it becomes kind of a reproach to them. It's like, if John can do this, why am I? not doing it so then they'll try to to uh, sabotage the one who's the, the the nail that's sticking up you know gets hammered down yeah I, i've i've read classic stories of of folks uh gang members saying you know there was really they, they couldn't get out because you know nobody wanted inside the gang wanted to let them out um and, and yeah that, you know it's a tough thing to overcome i mean a real thing to overcome. Um, you, you talk about resistance. Let's, let's just make it really serious. Um, you say that it aims to kill. It's not, it's not playing around. No, it isn't. I mean, it's for, I, I really think that, um, you know, not to overstate this, but that this capital R resistance, if you let it have its way, I mean, I, it'll finish you off. And, I, and we can look around in our lives, I know. At very, you look at various people, friends, you know, people in the family. Mm-hmm. You could say that, uh, you know, Jack or Jill or whoever has a great talent to do X, Y, Z, and they're just not doing it. And you can see that what happens is uh, in, in the place of doing this thing that they ought to do, vices come in and addictions come in and negative acting outs come in. And you can watch people... And I I know this myself, and I don't know about you, John, but I mean it'll happen to me too. That sure. uh, there's this this negative. It's like nature abhors a vacuum, and if we don't uh, do what we're supposed to do to kind of act out and live out our own talents, uh, it doesn't. That you know something rushes in and fills that vacuum, and it's usually something negative. And over a period of time, I think it really kills people. You see, people get sick, people get tumors, people. You know, in, in, over time, it can be really, you know, they talk about heart disease or cancer or whatever. This resistance is killing more people than that, if you ask me. Well, well, well I suspect it leads to all of those things in many ways because of the stress that it uh, causes, which, you know, does all kinds of physiological things to us. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, the good news, let's, let's turn this maybe up a notch to a, a little brighter path. Um, I, yeah. I, what I like about this is you, you are, in, in essence, you're identifying sort of the answer to, to when people say, why can't I get where I want to go? Um, and it's, it's these things, the, the, you know, whether they're addictions or they're procrastination or they're, they're all the things stopping you from where you want to go. Um, I think you do some, I think you do your readers and maybe the world a, a, a real service by helping them say, oh, that's the enemy. You know, when, when, when I can't do something or when something's holding me back, it's because this, this sort of impersonal thing out there, resistance is what it is. So, so now that I know what the enemy is, maybe I can attack it.
This halftime break is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact helps small businesses and nonprofits build great customer relationships with email marketing, event marketing, and online surveys. Visit them today at constantcontact.com and sign up for your free 60-day trial. You know, I think you hit the nail right on the head, John. And certainly that was what it was for me. What happened in my life was, as a young man, I tried to write a novel, spent a year on it, and got to the very, very end, 99.9% a little way through, and then resistance just laid me out. And I just, I ran away from it, I acted out, I wound up getting divorced, blah, 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 mm. and, uh, you know had a sort of a period of about seven years of like just going through hell and acting out in all kinds of crazy ways. And finally, I sort of realized that it wasn't really me that was stopping me. It was this external force or internal force called that I called resistance. And once I could sort of separate myself from it so that I could sort of see it as an enemy that I could overcome rather than that it was me, that made all the difference. And then I was able to to kind of become a pro and uh, do what a professional does instead of what an amateur does, meaning show up every day, work hard every day, don't take defeat personally, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was, that, that was really just recognizing that it wasn't me, these voices in my head that said, you shouldn't work today or you should, you know, do these other bad things, realizing that though that wasn't really my thoughts, that was this force that I could call resistance then I was able to overcome it. And I think that that works for a lot of people, whatever metaphor you, you use to think of it. Yeah, and I think it, it it allows you to stop and start witnessing, you know, where these thoughts are coming from. And I, I again, I, I would uh, contend that that's half the battle. The thing that I find highly ironic about this, though, is that um, you're suggesting that it is resistance that makes it hard for me to resist Jerry Danish. To resist what? <laughs> it's resistance that makes it very hard for me to resist a cherry Danish. I just find that very ironic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, fear. Cherry Danish is great, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fear is a um, you know a big factor in everything we're talking about, and um, you have this was rather eye opening to me. I think um, you suggest that you know sort of the greater the fear, uh, maybe that's a um, uh, a signal that maybe that's the that, that's the chosen path that you should be taking. That's I agree. I believe that completely. That when we feel fear towards something, the more fear we we feel towards an activity, the more certain we can be that that's the thing we have to do. Yeah. That, now that fear is resistance. That's the form it takes, and it's sort of to me resistance is kind of like a compass that always points to true north, so that. Um, if we have three or four activities that we're, we're thinking or ideas that we want to pursue, and we wonder, well, which one should I do? The answer, in my view, is always do the one that you're most afraid of. And um, I'm actually having a situation like that in my own life right now where I have like two or three books I'm thinking about doing, and there's one that I'm absolutely terrified of. Mm. And so, you know, I just use that as a compass, and I know that's the one I have to do. You, you know, if I could 
turn this into a little self-help uh, therapy session for myself. Um, you know, I've written two books that have sold very well, and but they were very easy for me to write in a way. They were very comfortable. They were what I'd been doing. You know, people ask me how long it took me to write them. It took me 25 years because it, it, it's been what I've been doing for 25 years. Um, I wanted to up the game and write a bigger idea book, and I'm finding myself um, with a lot of self-doubt. Well, and, and without a doubt, John, do it. You know, don't even think about it. Just do it. Because well, well, I have to. I've already cashed the advance. So, um, <laughs> but but I'm finding my, I'm finding it much harder to write. And I think that that you know, all of a sudden, I've brought into the equation: Am I good enough to really write this book? And it's well, again, I, I don't I don't mean to be like Dr. Ruth or anything here, but that thought: I'm not I'm not good enough to do it is pure resistance. Yep. That's an example of what resistance is. I'm not good enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm right. not whatever, right? right? I don't know enough. But I think as if anybody, you, me, if we look back at any of the good things we've ever done, we always ended up thinking of it that way, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think it's great that you have this thing that you're afraid of because this will really stretch you, and I really encourage you to do it, John, yeah. you know? No matter what, just do it. Yeah, well, I'm 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 in it, so I'm going to do it. But that was actually re reassuring. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. That's exactly how I sound talking about the project I'm afraid of too. <laughs> well, you know, so we're all anxious fighting the same dragon. You know. Well, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of small business owners really do ha are faced every day with stuff they don't know how to do. But it's like, hey, if I'm going to I'm going to survive and get to the next paycheck or whatever it is, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. So I'm going to just have to jump in. So, so let's, um, let's talk about a couple, um, we're, we're probably coming close to the end of, uh, uh, of, uh, the time that, uh, we, we have for today, but, uh, let's talk a little bit about, of, okay, I've, you know, I'm, I'm recognizing all this stuff. I feel it. I, you know, I accept it. You know, how do I, what are a couple things for overcoming it? Or maybe you don't overcome it. You just put up a good fight. I don't know which, which you would say it is, but, but what are some of the, you know, what are some of the steps that you would suggest people take? Well, I think the, the thing of turning pro is the great thing that has helped me. Yeah. That mental shift where, you know, a pro never accepts excuses, you know, an amateur will, will, will faced with something that they don't want to do, will come up with one excuse after another of why, why, and they'll, uh, and of course procrastination is the best one because you can say, well, uh, it's not like I'm not going to do it. I, you say to yourself, I am going to do it. I'm just going to do it tomorrow. But you come up with a lot of excuses. We all do. But a professional won't allow himself to have excuses. It's think of a professional athlete that has to, you know, their ankle is tweaked on a certain day or their shoulders is, is out on a certain day and they've got to go out on the field, there's no doubt in their mind that they have to do it. You know, they're just going to have to take a shot, take a pill. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they, they get better drugs than we do, so that's not fair. They get better drugs, but we can get those drugs too when we need them. So uh, that sort of, for me, again, it's kind of detaching from taking, seeing something overly personally. Yeah. And being going at going at one remove, and remembering that the the entity that's going to have to do this thing we don't, don't want to do, it, we can split ourselves in two. We can be the boss that pushes us into it, and we can also be the one that actually has to do it. I mean, one thing that entrepreneurs really can be proud of, and I'm proud of myself as an artist, is that we've left the fold. 
we're not working for anybody else anymore. You know, we left the safe, you know, flock of sheep world and stepped out into this daring world where we're on our own. And so that already shows it's kind of like the original people who came to America, you know, it sort of took took balls to get here. So now that we're here, we can, we can do what we have to do. So, um, I think that's a, that's a big part of it too, that the, the entrepreneurial gene or DNA, we've got it or we wouldn't be out here doing it. Yeah. Um, I want to end, uh, on last note. Um, I've, always been a huge fan from the second I read uh, the Marianne Williamson quote about our greatest fear. And yeah. you, you, you have that in there. And I, I, you know, I have suggested that this is what holds people back And boy, I get a lot of resistance on that. They're like, well, that's just crazy. But uh, I do believe that this fear of success um, is a real thing. I couldn't agree with you more. And I really, I'd love to know, I'd love to hear somebody that was really smart talk about this. Cause I've it seems so counterintuitive to think that we that we're afraid of success because it's like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. It's like success is what we're going after, but yet, that to me is the master fear, the biggest fear of all that we will actually uh, prove worthy of what we think, who we think we really are, and and people I know I do, and I mean in a way, John, when you just said you were afraid of this right. bigger book, right? right. What is that except fear of success? Because if you if you um, could beam yourself into the future and see yourself having done the book and it's successful, well, then that would require you to be a different person than you are now, right? And uh, and a better person and a person that would would have to live up to that from then on. So I think again, I don't quite understand this, but that's the that is a huge fear, fear of success and. That Marianne Williamson quote is a great one. If, yeah. uh, it's worth Googling if anybody, it, it, you know, it's somewhere out there. It, it is. It's actually often uh, misattributed to Nelson Mandela for some reason. I've, I've seen that uh, quite often as well. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, I think that there are two sides of that. If I can offer my two cents on this, I think there are please, two sides. Please. There's the, what I'm really, part of it is I'm, I'm rationalizing that what I'm really afraid of is failure. Um, but the other side of that is uh, you touched on too, is, is I think that, you know, what's going to happen to me if I succeed, you know, will, will the people that, uh, that, that are you know, now around me and love me still love me. And, and, you know, all, all of those kind of thoughts I think go through people's heads. And I, and I think that sort of culminate in then all of the, you know, self-sabotage that comes along with, uh, with, uh, rationalizing those thoughts. I think you hit a nail on the head there too, John, you know, you, we do feel like, uh, what if we were to grow? What if we were to suddenly become more than we are now? Would we lose all of our friends and our family? Yeah. Would they? In fact, I don't know. Did you by any chance see the movie The Fighter starring Mark Wahlberg? Yes, I did. Great, great, great movie. So that's a, yeah, I love that movie. And that's totally about, you know, yep. one guy standing out in a family and how the family tries to drag him down. Sure, yeah. Great example. And oh, yeah. um, it takes his girlfriend, Amy Adams, to sort of, Stand up to the family. Yeah. Um, so a very interesting movie. If any, if uh, if anybody hasn't seen it. 
Yeah, no, absolutely great. Um, I mean, how many examples have you seen of people where, you know, like a spouse decides to, to really get in shape and lose a bunch of weight and, and you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, it causes a, a real strain on the on the relationship. I mean, that's a yeah. classic it's example. Like too. if one spouse starts to do that, yeah. she has to become partners with her spouse and kind of talk with the other spouse into it. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's absolutely right. But I, but I do think, and we should probably... Uh, um, you know, wrap it up on this uh, note is that what what you talk about and what I think people need to uh, to embrace is this idea of you know you you've got to do it because it's it's who you were meant to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree. And that's what I love <laughs> love about uh, your books. And and uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining me. This was a real treat for me. Um, uh, listeners, the War of Art um, certainly do the work. Go out and get those books, and I think that you'll also find. Uh, Steve's uh, novels uh, are pretty incredible reads as well. So thanks, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, bump into each other out there on the road somewhere. Thanks, John. And you know, let's do this again anytime. One last thing I want to say to your listeners: the book uh, "Do the Work" is available only on Amazon. Yeah. It's like a new—it's a Seth Godin kind of thing. So yeah. that if you look for it someplace else, you won't find it. It's only on Amazon. Right. Yeah, that's uh, um, Seth's Domino Project, uh, which uh, so we we had right. Seth on when when Poke the Box came out as well. Ah, okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot, John. Thanks for having me on, and uh, all my best at duct tape marketing. <laughs> thanks so much, Steve.